0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the True North Racing Podcast. This is your host, John Morrison. Guys, I hope you guys had a great week. I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode we put out with uh, Caitlin Walls. And I hope you guys enjoyed this one, this week's one with uh, the driver of the number 79, Thunderstock, from Guelph, Ontario. We have Chris Hale join us. We sat down with Chris and we talked about how he got into racing, uh, why he got into the Thunderstock division, and uh, so much more. So before we get going into this week's episode, we're going to have a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media's and Promotions. All right, everyone, just before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media and Promotions. Jomo Media provides race-ready promotions to bring you and your team to the next level. We provide weekly updates as well, providing off-season, mid-season, end-of-year write-ups for your team. On top of the write-ups, we have photo and video opportunities as well. For more information, contact us at jomopromos at gmail.com. That's J O M O promos at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and follow us at jomo media. All right, guys, uh, we're just before you bring Chris in here. Um, guys, we're getting close to the race here, race season up here in Canada. Um, we're, I just saw that Sunset Speedway just dropped their schedule for the year. Um, a lot of tracks have, and I'll, and we're still waiting on a few more. So, uh, yeah, guys, we're we're hoping uh, to have a good year. Um, guys, if uh, any of you guys are drivers, uh, crew members, uh, longtime crew members, spotters, even team owners, if you guys want to come on, please feel free to message me. I have um, wouldn't mind. But guys, uh, uh, just before we actually get into this episode, um, we were doing a special. Uh, possibly, hopefully next week, if I have enough, uh, content for you guys next Sunday, I'm working on a special, a very special true North racing podcast episode where we may not have a guest, but, uh, doesn't mean we're not going to be having an interview. Uh, guys, if you guys want to, um, so we're looking at interviewing myself, but in a different way. So guys, if you want to head over to links on my Facebook and my Instagram I'm not sure if they're on Instagram, but if you guys go go to anchor.fm backslash true north racing podcast, there is a message option that you guys can hit there. And I want you guys to leave a question for me. Could be anything, could be racing, could be life, could be anything you guys want to know about me. And we are going to play, put them in um, order, so to speak. And then we're going to have, I'm going to answer them so that you'll hear their voice. Whoever asked it. And, uh, I think that's a great way for you guys to ask me exactly what you guys want to know about me. And I give you guys a truthful and honest answer. So I'm hoping to have that episode out next week. So, guys, head over to anchor.fm backslash true north racing, uh, true north racing. Sorry. And, uh, links will be on my Facebook. Um, uh, yeah, head over to my Facebook then. And, uh, there's a link in my, uh, uh, on the on the drum media and promotions Facebook page, where you guys can have a, a link there. I'll provide links throughout the week, um, and you guys can uh, submit questions and ask them. I want you guys to ask some questions about me. I've already gotten some a few of them. I'm they're looking really good, guys. Um, so yeah, hit that message button, record your voice, um, and uh, send them my way, and we will. And you'll be here. You'll be uh uh as a uh credited as a host on the show next week so guys uh anchor.fm backslash true north racing or on um uh facebook uh the links will be on my page throughout the week uh so guys guess what we're gonna sit back relax and let's enjoy some racing with chris hale all right guys this week on the true north racing podcast we have chris hale with us chris how are you i'm good um just before we get going I'm saying the last name correct correct?
1: Uh yes you are. It's Hale? It's Hale, yeah.
0: Perfect. Okay, so um Chris, why don't you uh tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Um so uh, I kind of grew up in a racing family. Um my dad raced at Brighton Speedway, Brockville Speedway in Cornwall. Uh went as a kid all the time and then uh once uh once he ended up stop racing um we ended up joining a 358 uh, dirt modified team that uh, was pretty successful. Uh, I went to a whole whack of different tracks to Mr. Dirt titles back when he was running sportsman. That was uh, Chris Rabi and then, uh, learned a ton with that. Uh, I ended up after post-secondary coming uh, down this way to Guelph and, uh, kind of got started in the Thunderstock division at, uh, Oshuriken Speedway. So nice. I had, uh, had some good success with that. And, uh, yeah, it's been a blast.
0: So we're going to jump back and we're going to start with growing up at the track there. Um, what was your earliest memory of the, going to the track?
1: Um, I would almost say uh, I want to say my dad ran uh, street stocks in nine yeah 94 is uh, when he started running. And then uh, he originally came from Alberta running on the asphalt. Okay. And then uh, he ended up crewing when he first came to Ontario. And then, uh, yeah, I think in 94, he started in the street stock division and then he worked his way up to uh, Canadian Modifieds, which uh, still run at uh, Brighton Speedway. Okay. And uh, then he ended up jumping over to Pro Stock, which ended up touring you at uh, Brockville Speedway and Cornwall Speedway. So.
0: So, kind of, what is uh, uh, what was the last one you said there? What kind of car is uh, it? A Pro
1: Stock. So. A Pro Stock, um, sorry. Yeah. So it's uh, like a Camaro front clip, with a tubular chassis. Um, okay. They still run them at, uh, Cornwall Speedway. It's a full fendered, uh, race car, a lot like your late models. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so then kind of uh, like the limited lates and what the super stocks are supposed to be here in Ontario.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. Perfect. Okay. Now that, that makes a lot more sense then. Yeah. Um, and so how long did he run, uh, like how uh, long he did you guys up, go together? And then till he stopped,
1: uh, he ended up stopping, um, in the early two thousands, uh, ended up uh we just got an opportunity to we, we had a, a friend growing up that was just coming out of go-karts uh, chris Raby, obviously and then he ended up uh jumping into sportsman right away and he asked if we'd like to join his team and uh we ended up doing sportsman modified uh crewing for him for around 11 years
0: okay so uh what was what was like crewing for him
1: uh, you know, what? it is pretty exciting. Uh, he ended up having uh, an over 50% win average when he was in Sportsman. Wow. So it was, it was a pretty dominating force. He, he uh, growing up crewing for him, you learned so much because you tried so many different things. We would, uh, the different combinations of shocks, uh, springs that we'd try at the, at the track. Uh, it, was, it was mind-blowing, really. Uh, the different combinations, and then all the different tracks that we went to. We went to about 20 to 25 different tracks. Uh, back then, the, the Mr. Dirt Tour was uh, pretty popular. You had big names like uh, Ryan Susie uh, Matt Williamson. There were also other big runners that were uh, racing against him at that time. Okay. So
0: So that must have been uh, – so what? how old were you when you were doing that?
1: Um, I would have been uh, – end of high school uh i i'm 30 now so or 31 now so uh this is going back like 15 years ago okay uh, so yeah end of high school for me and then uh up till i was about 22 so
0: okay that made, okay that makes sense yeah I'm, I, I'm only a couple years younger than you so that's <laughs> um but i know uh, was, was a it great
1: experience sense. uh I'll say it to anyone out there who wants to go do uh, Super Dirt Week. I know with the coronavirus right now, we can't really head that way, but that was always a blast. That was kind of the end of the year, party, uh, go try and win some big money, and uh, have a ton of fun. So
0: so you ended up you, – you went to college. What did you go to college for?
1: Uh, I ended up going to college for uh, mill writing. Okay. And then uh, I ended up taking a uh, wind turbine electrical apprenticeship. Okay. After that, so it was uh, four years of post secondary in Kingston at uh, Saint Lawrence College, and uh, that ended up bringing me down down this way. So,
0: and how how has that been? How's coming from Kingston way down to this way? How's the
1: um, you know what it it's uh, I kind of miss home a little bit. Uh, yeah. Kingston's a nice city. You're right there on the water. Um, lots of stuff to do. I mean, with the racing stuff, you have. Uh, a bunch of different racetracks you to to go to with the border being so close.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, mm-hmm. I've I spent a not really too much, but I spent a couple days in Kingston when I was about sixteen, and uh man, it was uh, it was a really beautiful city to be in, and I was lucky enough to be. uh I think it was right down the road or right around the corner from uh, the Kingston Pen, the old oh, one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. At the time, so that was uh uh we, we went and sat by this little uh place I think just off of the river and or uh whatever I, I can't remember exactly because it's been uh oh 13 years now so it's been a yeah it, it's it's a it's a it's kind of like a distant memory in my mind but I it vaguely remember but it was it was a beautiful city to be in so
1: oh it was there's a, a great nightlife there too so
0: no I, I can believe that <laughs>
1: um you got queen's university right there rmc college and yeah college so
0: yeah you got all of them right there so um and so obviously you brought it down brought you down this way and then uh you decided to get behind the wheel yourself
1: yeah so actually i did um i did have a few starts in a pro four at uh i went to uh varney speedway a few times and then i went to flamborough a couple times And, uh, really got my eyes woken up to how, uh, challenging cost wise and, um, how, how difficult it is when you get out of the groove on asphalt, like, uh, I I did do a few, uh, endurance races just for fun when I was a a teenager. Um, but, uh, when I actually got my first shot and actually I, the pro fours, uh, they look being behind the wheel, they, they they feel quicker than than what they look so yeah. yeah but uh once once you get out of the groove with them I, I had a few times when i uh got in a little hot getting into three at um <laughs> at flamborough there and that wall uh really comes up quick
0: so oh for sure it does it's uh it's it's quite scary really yeah um and then uh so you had those couple starts with the with the pro fours um which i i do give you props for because those uh you you never cash me near those things so <laughs>
1: yeah it was it was just one of those opportunities i got and then uh i, I did uh, have a bad wreck at bernie bernie okay. Speedway. i got into the wall off of four and uh i, oh. I just you know what it, it uh it kind of didn't didn't scare me i got the car back together got back out there but um it it was definitely a, a different experience
0: yeah for sure um i i can only imagine that especially that turn for a wall really comes out in uh bites you on exit eh
1: oh yes uh, I, I guess they had reconfigured the racetrack a bit too there at uh, up at Varney there when the new owners took over
0: yeah and they kind
1: of pushed that inner wall a couple feet out but um I, I'll talk a little bit about that track it was uh the most challenging part of that track was the the different grades of asphalt when they paved it it was those cars you ran so close to the track and when you came from the top wall all the way down to the bottom and and three and four your car would just bottom out slightly sometimes and uh you, oh, you really? kind of skate back up the track a bit pretty quick
0: oh actually i didn't know that part that
1: yeah it, it, was, a, it was a really rough rough racetrack compared to like when i uh, ended up going to uh, flamborough yeah so
0: uh, whereas Flamborough is more of a symmetrical track and, yeah, so to speak. And Farney's kind of like, see how far you could drive down the backstretch and then, yeah, yeah,
1: get on the brakes and get it back down to the bottom. Yeah,
0: bottom exactly. Corner, yeah. So. um And then you ended up going to the dirt side uh, yes. and getting your own Thunderstock.
1: Yeah. Uh, I ended up, yeah, I ended up uh, purchasing it or purchasing a, a Monte Carlo, which uh, at the, at that time i didn't do a whole lot of research of what the class was running um it's it's like 80 percent uh camaro and then 15 percent monte carlo and then you have your one or two um four mustangs out there so
0: yeah I, i it's uh it seems like a very camaro uh dominated class now um
1: yeah yeah it's it's uh tough being a little bit out on an island all by yourself
0: uh well, that kind of makes it a little bit more unique though too right it, it like does for yourself it, right like it's uh you know exactly where you are or um whereas like if you see all the camaros you're just like okay who's which one's who right exactly. i find they kind of blend yeah. together
1: yeah it's uh yeah it, it definitely the, the nice thing about the monte carlo is is uh we have to run like stock rear suspension so yep. uh the the camaros are on leaf springs and we're on coil springs um going back to like crewing and modified, we, we did a lot of changing like night, every, every single night you'd end up pulling a different spring off the car and, and putting a different one in its place. And, uh, I, I do try and mimic a bit of that with, with my race program. Um, you can talk to the guys beside me who, who, who pit pit beside me. And they said that I'm always changing stuff on the car to try and get a, a better advantage for the feature. So,
0: yeah. Because uh, unlike asphalt, really, uh, dirt, the track always changes, right? Exactly, so you, yeah. You kind of got to stay ahead of it to so that when it does come for your feature, you're on the game, right? It, yeah, uh,
1: no, that's, that's right, yeah. and uh, I always find it also depends what racetrack you're going to, depending on uh, who's the top show. So when we go to Merrittville, Humberstone, and you got the Sportsman's and the Modified's, uh, the track really takes a different spin on the night compared to like, uh, and when you're doing, uh, or having the sprint cars. Yeah. Out there before you. So,
0: so what's the, uh, what's the difference there kind of with the modifieds then coming to you guys and compared to the the sprint cars.
1: Uh, so I, I always find the sprint cars just because, uh, Glenn Sires has done a, a great job of promoting the, uh, 602 crate sprints. Yep. Um, there's so many of them, um, that the track just changes so much. I I do find because they have such a wide tire on the sprint cars, the track really changes to the point of uh, it's losing a lot of grip, a lot of moisture comes out of that racetrack. Okay. And uh, yeah, and plus uh, the area of where the racetrack is too, also depends on how much uh, grip comes out of the racetrack. I find uh, tracks that have like a lot of sand in them, which I do find like Oshwiken and Merrittville both have quite a bit of sand we always were we on like a soft tire there um they dry out a lot quicker than other tracks like when you jump across the border to like ransomville and uh back when i was in helping out with modifieds when you kind of go across uh, the bottom end of lake ontario those tracks have a lot of bite okay so
0: um now i'm i'm i guess you call a dirt virgin for the most part um i i have i've always been fascinated with uh racing so I've, I've always been around that stuff yep. and over the past three four years or so i've been really getting more and more into the dirt stuff and two years ago i finally got to go to my first dirt race at oshwegan um, okay
1: nice
0: uh, i took my kids on a friday night so it was uh it was a great great show um and so i'm still Learning and a lot of the learning I've been doing lately, not going to lie, has been from the YouTube series "Hunt the Front." Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) I'm finding when in the off season right now, I'm learning a lot through how what you do, what to expect, what to watch for. Yeah, and I'm kind of learning through that stuff, and it's kind of interesting trying to understand and learn when you're the second dirt guy I've really had, or third third dirt third dirt guy i've really had and um the other one being joey harriman's and uh Mm. ryan houston okay yeah yeah um but one one's a mini stock (laughs) racer and the other's um uh i think it's sportsman
1: modified yeah
0: so he so between the two of them i've i've been learning quite a bit as well um but it's actually nice to have a a thunderstock driver to come on here and actually uh, uh, be able to explain a little bit more for us about what it takes for you guys to run
1: yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, I do find with uh, with the dirt stuff, you just really got to watch that racetrack, see how it's changing, and then make adjustments to your car to, to get it to perform better. Sometimes uh, you, you hit it right on the head, and, and you make the right changes, and, and you go forward in the race, and then, I mean, you can go uh, completely 180 and uh, basically take your car out of a a better performing setup that you had in it like Uh, uh, a a great example or like uh, moisture contents like how much moisture is coming back uh back up into the race surface um i i know like i've been watching a lot of the, the late models and some of the speedways that they're going to that are really close to the ocean they're talking about moisture actually coming back into the track giving it more grip as it becomes feature time or later in the night so yeah it's always uh, always changing and yeah you just got to make sure you adjust adjust for it so
0: i was just about saying that's what you guys are really looking for you're not really lo- you're looking for the moisture and that that's what really gives you the uh the grippiness to be able to get the car to turn and get it off the the corners right
1: exactly yeah uh, we do have quite a few limitations with a thunderstock that's uh the one thing that uh, I I'm not a huge fan of for, for running that class is like, it's a great class to run with the guys that you compete against are great. Um, when you talk to someone who's in like modifieds or, or late models, um, they have so many different adjustments that they can do to make their car better.
0: Yeah. So, um, what kind of, uh, um, so kind of what is your favorite track that you've actually been, uh, that you've raced at?
1: Um, I, I'd almost say uh, I, I have one track that I've gone to just a couple times and uh, I've always had a blast going there. It's, it's Ransomville Speedway. It's uh, just up uh, just across the border from Niagara Falls there. Okay. And uh, it's like a, a small half mile, um, really fast racetrack that, yeah. uh, that I always really enjoy going to. So
0: just the, uh, the name in itself, I've, uh, just kind of, uh, piques my interest a little bit into, uh, when the borders do end up going, uh, we're allowed to travel again. I wouldn't mind hitting it up. Cause I I've, I've been hearing that track a lot lately and it just seems like it should be a, a track I should hit up.
1: It, it's a blast. Um, I, uh, when I first went there, I it was really like, I took a walk around the racetrack and, uh, something that really caught my eye is coming at turn four. The problem is the wall ends, but the banking of the racetrack is, is still very aggressive on the track surface. But if you ever got off the racetrack, you're like a good four, five foot drop into the wall. Oh, so it, it and the wall is set about, um, a good like six to 10 feet back from the racetrack where the fence fences. And it's, uh, it it, it's one of those tracks that um, I can see a lot of damage happening to your race car. If you ever get off the racing surface.
0: Yeah. I I can, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, Kind of one thing I've always been kind of concerned with um, with, with racing on the dirt with a lot of the, I, I hate to say, bring up kind of cars here, turning right to go left.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you position yourself in the car to have the best vision uh, going around the corners. Do you sit straight, like as if you're sitting in a regular car? Do you have it tilted a, a little bit, or like how do you?
1: Um, for for my Thunderstock, like I'm a, I'm a taller guy, so I'm I'm sitting up pretty tall in the car. Uh, in in a Thunderstock, we actually have really good visibility across the whole front of the car and to our okay. to our right. Yeah, um, the track, especially like Ashuiken because it's so wide. Um, when you're running the top groove, you can look down the racetrack to your left and you can see all the race cars. But if you ever, ever come off the bottom of the racetrack and you're coming across the track, it, it is challenging to see a guy coming on, on your outside. Um, it happens a lot, especially with the sprint cars that, uh, if you don't see anyone to your, to your right, it's your spot. And, uh, someone has a good run on the outside of you and really you're you're at the mercy of uh the person who's below you so um yeah so
0: yeah because that 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 was always uh not gonna lie it was it, it may sound like a stupid question and it to me it's just a learning question that because i don't know it it's just something that would be uh i feel like would be quite useful to let people know exactly what, what the deal is with that. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I do find like uh, tracks like, gosh, we can be, these are so wide. Um, You can go three wide. No problem there. Oh yeah. The problem is, is you think you're three wide and someone just stuck at four wide. It's, there's <laughs> so many times Um, that, that I will say, that's a nice thing about running a full fendered race car. Yeah. Um, if, when you end up going four wide, at least guys aren't climbing tires that that often it does happen, but, um yeah it's uh those wide racetracks it can get uh, pretty dicey especially if there's a lot of grip out on that track
0: i've uh i've there's been numerous nights i've watched the friday night show that and uh, speedway and geforce tv have put on so for sitting at home even watching it i'm like and just seeing the cars end up going four wide or even oh, in the mini stocks i've seen them go five wide for christ's yeah. sake like I'm thinking like none of this is going to end out good for anyone.
1: No, especially, uh, yeah. If, if, uh, if a guy gets turned or or there's just so much racetrack that, uh, it it can be hard to, you'd think it'd be easy to avoid someone that that's getting turned, but, uh, sometimes you get on the, the train tracks and you're, you're aiming right for him. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so kind of what ended up, uh, what made you get behind the wheel again after like um uh, sorry what made you end up getting behind the wheel anyways
1: um you know what uh growing up like i always wanted to do it uh, i had a few um endurance races that were a lot of fun um funny thing was when i was uh 14 i got into a bus race once and i ended up winning that that was uh, a full-size <laughs> school bus uh brighton speedway puts those shows on They're a hoot to watch and um yeah, they, they'll, get, uh, I, they'll get like 10 to 12 school buses out on that track, line them up side by side, drop the green flag for do – they'll do like a 10 or a 12 lap feature. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, they draw uh, like I've, – I've gone a couple times, and their crowd is just as big as when the sprints come there. I, they'll, they'll have like a, a packed house to have a school bus race.
0: The only time I've ever seen the um, – school bus race has only been on the lucas oil uh living or on the on the edge whatever the show was i did not know this stuff existed in canada
1: yes it's uh it it was a lot of fun i I did it when i was i was 14 it was um it was a radio station night they had uh the local radio stations uh collecting uh food for the local food bank there yeah um when I was crewing for Chris Rabby, he was sponsored by a radio station. He actually owned, owned the race team at that time. And, uh, he had put in his radio station and, uh, they asked, asked, uh, Chris, if he wanted to drive and he's like, no, and he says, I drive a race car, not a school bus. And then I was uh, sitting there well, you know what, I'll, I'll do it. And it was, uh, it was a blast. I ended up starting last, but I ended up winning it.
0: Hey, so. nothing wrong. Last to first. That's a, that's, yeah. that's no matter what, that's a great story to tell.
1: Oh, it, it was a, it was a blast. Uh, Especially when you're 14, right? And it's uh I, I think the reason why I did so well is I, I just didn't know what I was doing. I had no fear to yeah. kind of drive it in as hard as you could until <laughs> it hooked, and then once it hooked, it was right back to the floor. So
0: but now, my question is is did any of them flip?
1: Uh we didn't have one flip in that race, but it is a common occurrence.
0: I was uh, gonna say I I feel like uh mixing school buses with a little bit of dirt track racing. It just, uh, it, it doesn't seem like it would be a good fit. Like it is a great, yeah. fit, but it, if <laughs> someone gets in there a little hot or something and, and gets into the one bus, it's, it's sayonara.
1: I, I think the hardest part was, is when you're passing a guy, it just felt like forever because you yeah. have your full length of your school bus plus the whole length of his school bus. And uh, Brighton Speedway is uh, its a pretty small racetrack. And it, yeah. it just felt like those those uh, straightaways were so short to try and make a move on someone. But
0: You can't even do a slide job because you're not even sure if you're clear of him or not.
1: No, exactly. I'm pretty sure I ended up having to get into the guy who was leading in order to win the race. Uh, I'm pretty right. sure I want him to, to get it. But
0: <laughs> That seems like a hell of a night. Like, that just seems like a fun event to go to
1: no it
0: Uh, it was a blast oh yeah i can believe that not gonna lie i've always wanted a school bus and that's just always to convert myself into an rv or a or a a trailer or something to kind of um either for toys or for race cars whatever whatever i felt had at the time and and hasn't hasn't happened yet but that's that, that that hasn't stopped my dream and i hope one day that uh I do have a school bus and I hope uh it looks as badass as it would if it was <laughs> on a track.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was a lot of fun. I
0: but so the question for me now is actually the question for that actually is what was the requirements for you to be driving? Like did you have to have a fire suit, helmet? What, what yeah, was yeah,
1: stuff? you had all the safety stuff. Um they already prepped all the buses um okay beforehand. Uh it had a roll roll bar in it and then uh the hardest part was, is I didn't realize that it was going to be a stick shift. Oh, so, I, mean, I, I was 14 years old. Uh, I, I did have some experience driving a tractor. Yeah. Um, but, and that was probably the hardest thing I, I kind of, they, they just told me what gear to run it in. Yep. And then once I got to that gear, you just left it there.
0: But, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, so then also doing some enduro races, uh, how well did you fare out with those?
1: Well, uh, let's just say I, it was, it was my dad's enduro car, it had around 20, 24, 25 races on it. And I don't think it will do another endurance race after I was done with it. So, oh, wow. yeah, I, uh, I did have, have a lot of fun with it. I, the first race, I think I, uh, I, I didn't even see the guy spun around. I got into him and I bent the front clip up. We ended up straightening it a little bit. I did another one. And, uh, I finished it, but a couple flat tires. And then I, the third time I took it to Cornwall Speedway and, uh, it, I don't think she's, uh, she's going to see another event. So, but, uh, I think it was a record. I've never really heard of too many endurance cars doing over 20 events, but it was a Caprice classic oh, with, wow. uh, multiple, um, welded and fabric new fabricated pieces on it. To
0: keep yeah. It going, so. Jeez. um so now we're going to jump uh quite forward ahead here we're going to talk about uh how how was it racing with uh in 2020 when we had this whole global pan- pandemic start
1: uh you know what i'm i'm really proud of the way like how g tv was able to get on board with some of the racetracks local tracks asphalt and uh and dirt and kind of get us out there on the racetrack, uh, I know it must've been uh, extremely tough for the promoters of the track to not really have any fans come into the stands and uh, receive some, some uh, kickback from that. But um, 2020 was tough. It was, uh, we didn't really start on time for, and then any event that they did host, uh, it was just a little pricey on the back gate to have your crew guys get in. Yep. Um, we, we did have some really good success uh In 2020, we're running up front most nights with uh, GeForce TV, but um, never never got a victory. It was uh, it was tough. We're there. Uh, the one track we had three events at Humberstone. I had two seconds and a third. Uh, Merrittville, we were there on the podium multiple times, but uh, just couldn't get that win. So,
0: yeah, that 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 would have been tough. Um, when in March we uh, you know the whole world shut down um where were you at when with with working on your car getting it ready for the season when Uh, word broke that you know there may be not there may there may be that there may not be a year
1: um you know what uh last year i was uh ahead of schedule um it's a little rare but yeah i was ahead of schedule i had my car pretty much complete um I, I, just, I, you know, it, it really hurt to hear that we weren't going racing because you, you know what it's like, how much you get invested into these, uh, toys that, that we have. And, um, of course, most of us don't know what to do on a weekend other than be at a racetrack. So, uh, yep. yeah, or, or working throughout the week on what you broke at the racetrack and, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, we're, we're pretty much ready to go, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was tough, so
0: okay. And then, uh, so then you know, I sitting around for I, I don't know if you were out of work or not, um, but for sitting around for two months or so, and then all of a sudden we got a word that we started hearing rumblings that hey, there might be some races starting to happen. How excited were you when you heard on I think it was G-Force that announced it? on their Tuesday night show that um, I think it was Merrittville or Humberstone. Well, I knew it was one of those two. Yeah,
1: it was Humberstone that uh, started. Yeah. And um, I, I just remember them saying, like, uh, they're only going to do so many spots. So, sure enough, like, I'm pretty sure that night I uh, text Dave, who was uh, promoting Humberstone Speedway at the time, and I'm like, hey, man, count me in. Like, I don't want to miss, miss my spot. And the, the back door. Price tag was I think two hundred fifty dollars a team. Yeah, and you know what that that just like flew over my head. I (laughs) I didn't care if it was five hundred, a thousand bucks. I I really wanted to get it on the track and and do some laps. So
0: oh, I can imagine.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, it was uh, yeah. We ended up getting into that event, and uh, I'll tell you, it was it was tough. I think we had close to forty cars show up for Thunderstocks. And uh I, I will say 2020 was a tough race season to race against your competitors because you weren't just racing against the best guys in this area. you had guys coming from Windsor area that were the top guys on that third track and then you had guys from Brighton and uh, the best guys ended up up traveling and uh, it was really good racing.
0: Yeah, for sure like you' were, it it kind of reminds me of, of I'm gonna bring it up here with the ashwells eye when uh you know same thing with on the on the asphalt side when you know late models were showing up it wasn't just the best of Flamborough speedway it was the best uh teams of of southern ontario yeah who were making that trip it wasn't just two three tracks it was everyone who had a pro late model was making that trip no ifs yeah. ands or buts yeah um, just to do something just to help get their money's worth for their sponsors or or you know whatever that just to get out there just to test even for uh for some of the guys who may have just got a new ride right so i can just imagine what it was like on the dirt side that first night when you got when you got to the track and walked through those gates doesn't matter about the price because um like you, you said it flew over your head <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that first event it just kind of probably flew over everyone's head like whoa 250 like i don't care i'm ca- i'm going and then kind of each time it was 250 it kind of started i think i i noticed um uh, across the board that reality started sinking in more and more that oh shit it's 250 a race
1: yeah it, when it was um when we're about like our sixth or seventh night into the season um it was uh yeah the 250 was starting to sink in that uh it, she was getting a little bit pricey we we did have some uh good success. I kind of made a deal with the crew guys. If we made enough money in the prize money to, to pay for the night. Yeah, I, a lot of times like my crew guys would some where they'd fork out of their own pocket to get in. But uh, so as long as we have a good night, I said, don't worry. It's, it's on me. So yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're lucky enough. But uh, the other biggest or the the other thing about 2020 race season that was, was so tough was um, we didn't have a handicap system in place for starting position it was uh show up to the racetrack draw where you started in your heat race do your heat race top 12 got qualified and you had a chance of starting on the pole which is is great but the problem is is if you drew bad or poor for the main event you had nine or ten good guys starting in front of you you didn't have any slow guys starting in front of you that would hold all you up and you had chances to make Maneuvers, but uh, that you had to actually race by them, and and it was it was tough.
0: So with that, with kind of going with that, then uh, where where was the worst spot you started then?
1: Um, well, I, I will say uh, coming through the gate multiple times uh, or three weeks in a row. There's 150 numbers in the bucket, and I drew over 140 three weeks in a row, <laughs> getting in. So you just know you're at the back of the heat race. Um, I'm pretty sure the whole season, I didn't miss a redraw for the feature. I was able to get into the redraw, but again, bad luck. Um, I think I only had like maybe 20% of the time I was in the, in the top five and the rest of the time I was starting six to 12.
0: <laughs> yeah. But again, if you were, you know, you marched your way up through that field, even starting at, even if you started 12 uh, there, are what 20 lap features
1: they are 20 lap features yeah
0: so even still you know marching your way up through 20 laps and getting yourself on that podium after at the end of those 20 laps like i i to me i wouldn't care what how well how poorly i drew because i i know it's a little more work to get up through that but to me at the end of the day it just seemed like it would be a lot more of a uh
1: accomplishment really yeah
0: it, to me that that be more of accomplishment than starting third second and staying there the entire race
1: yeah and uh and and you know what when you're when you're racing those those class of uh of competitors it, it was actually it was nice in a way because uh they don't drive into the corner and try and dive they they will dive bomb you and and get into you a bit but they they're under or they're they're in control of their own vehicle like like the problem is sometimes when you start at the back and and some guys start up near the front that don't have the experience of running out front it can get dicey trying to pass past those guys and oh, you're trying sure. to beat the other fast guy to the front yeah um, when the when there are, are only fast guys in front of you it's it, it is nice you you tend to race each other a little cleaner uh you don't try and give your competitors space, but you don't get into them as hard either sometimes. So,
0: yeah. Um, and so how, so you, how many races did you end up actually doing in
1: 2020? Um, looking back, I think we did around uh, like uh, anywhere from like I think 12 to 14 races. I think.
0: I was just about to say, cause I think it, it almost seemed as if, uh, even if like the full G force program wasn't there, Humberstone or Merrittville was putting on a show, seemed like every week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Merrittville was good. I, Humberstone had uh, three events. I think Brighton for our Thunderstock class had two. Yeah. And then Meritville, um, because they were the only ones that wanted to kind of do a weekly thing, I think, uh, um, and they had enough competitors coming through the back gate to pay the purses, uh, they went uh, like a weekly show for about two months. Yeah and a half months there so
0: so almost at one point you're almost racing every weekend eh?
1: yeah i uh yeah i was pretty much almost out every weekend once we we were able to go racing i think there's maybe like two or three weekends i wasn't racing um yeah but uh yeah it was i mean it it was kind of fun you got to go around to some tracks that uh i really don't get to go to up too often like i got up to brighton for those shows
0: and that must have been nice getting up up that way because that's uh that's almost your home turf back over that way right
1: yeah yeah it's probably the worst track that I do (laughs) at is uh Brighton Speedway it's a tough um they have uh for the inside of the racetrack it's tires and um I always seem to make friends with those tires but uh yeah it's uh it's it's a tough little track to get around and the locals just have uh such an advantage over you when when you go there there's some really good good racers up that way so
0: yeah um i'm just kind of curious and please correct me if i'm wrong here um you have some led lights in your rear window correct
1: um underneath the car
0: underneath the car yes okay because not gonna lie you're probably not gonna lie this has actually been a fun interview for me because not gonna lie everyone goes after dave bailey and and whatnot because he's the what guys. But not gonna lie, you're actually my favorite dirt racer. <laughs> oh, yeah, in the Thunderstock that. division because I see those lights and I'm like, I know exactly, I, I know exactly, you know where where you are on the track, and I'm and I keep watching it because I'm like, it it helps me identify where you are on the track. So
1: yeah, no, that's uh, kind of the reason why I put them on. At first, I was like, well, questioning because uh, when you tend to get into someone and they see uh, yeah. blue lights driving away from them, they know exactly who it is. But um, after watching that first uh, video at Humberstone, I was like, it, it just, it's so much easier to identify which car you are out there. Yeah. Um, no, uh, my, my, my parents, they watch from home. And uh, it, it's, I think that was the first comment my mom ended up making. She's like, oh, those blue lights, I was able to follow you out there. Uh, it, it does get a little hard to see sometimes on the camera, just with the dust. Yeah. Even worse being behind it in the driver's seat. Um racing out there sometimes. It it gets tough to see, but uh yeah, those those blue lights uh really stand out. So
0: oh for sure they do. I was like I I, I was sitting at home, you know, I was watching uh I think it was probably the feature or something like that for for your class. And also I'm like, I see blue lights and I'm like, that's badass. Like I've never seen (laughs) it on any other race car. Um, that's actually in a in competition um I've seen lights on race cars before uh just in like uh Santa Claus parades and whatnot yeah yeah but uh never actually in competition (laughs) so not gonna lie man you are probably my favorite Thunderstock driver out there just because of those lights
1: oh that's uh well I'll definitely be putting them back on for this season
0: then (laughs) I I cheer for you week in and week out so um and you know what you're in Guelph right
1: uh, yeah I'm in, over in Guelph
0: I'm not even that far from you. I'm about 35 minutes I'm over in Erin
1: oh wow that's really close so,
0: yeah so and I my kids are in Guelph so I I gotta go weekly to go pick them up and so I I, I and I've done stuff in Guelph a lot so I've probably uh probably driven by here or something and didn't even know it um so we're gonna actually gonna uh we're gonna jump into our fan question period now where we have I put out there on social media that Uh, on Facebook and Instagram that, you know, we have you coming on in this week and uh, we have some uh, uh, fan questions for you. And I hope you're excited to uh, answer them. Yeah. So the first one up is going to be from Ashton underscore Dickie one on Instagram. 2020 was a pretty successful year with a lot of top threes. What's the next step to get over to that hump in 2021?
1: Um to get over Yeah. So to, to make 2021 a better year, it's always a tough one. Um, you know, I, I took a step back, uh, evaluated the car, wrote down a budget of, of some money where I can try and either improve on, on like a shock program or like or la- the, the year before I did pulleys. Um, yeah, no, i I've, I've Kind of freed up some cash. I'm I'm trying some new things. Uh my biggest problem is, is we didn't get to Oshwig and Speedway in, in 2020. And uh it's one of my tracks that, that I really do enjoy running there just because of the banking of the racetrack. I find I do better at Humberstone because there's more banking at that track. Maryville's is okay. very flat. Um uh you know what? I, I'm kind of hoping to get back to those banked racetracks to have a, a better run. So
0: sounds good and then uh we have laura underscore hail 27 on instagram what's your favorite racing memory um facing
1: or favorite racing memory um you know what uh the brock leonard memorial at um at ashweek speedway it was a 50 lapper thousand to win and uh my my dad was there helping me out that night and uh we ended up battling. We're in second, third, fourth, always right there at the front. Couldn't get the leader, uh, Steve Shaw, from down uh, Southern Ontario Motor Speedway was his, his home track. And uh, we just made a great move to go to the outside, uh, going into one. And I ended up going from fourth to first by the time we came back around to the checkered flag. Oh, wow. It was kind of like he just hung it on the outside. <laughs> Everyone went to the bottom. And there's a lap car in between. And I just got lucky. Oh wow! And, uh, I was what probably, uh, what year was that? Uh, that was in 2018.
0: Okay, I yeah. if uh, I'm I'm gonna have to probably go back on uh, the old YouTube there and uh, check yeah. it out, see if G Force yeah. that video up.
1: Oh, it it was uh, it was a blast. It was um, September 7th. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was uh, in in memory of Brock Leonard at uh, at yeah. Ontario or at and Speedway and. Yeah, it was one of their biggest races of the year. It was uh, also a, a duel, on, duel in the dirt night where that's a little mini series that we run between the racetracks. So you had the best drivers from every racetrack there competing. And we had 40, 44, or 45 cars show up that night. And to be able to take home take home the W uh, well, meant a lot. So,
0: oh, that's, that, I can imagine that that would be a really good racing memory. Um, now we have, uh... Jay Harriman's 57. Uh, why the metric chassis over the Camaro?
1: Um, well, that first question that came up from Ashton Dickey. Uh, so the car that I race is actually his father's car. His father ended oh, up is building it that car, and uh, he ended up selling it. Um, it was the first car that I bought. Uh, honestly, at that time, um, I didn't do my research on honestly, when, when I first got into it and I saw I, Chris Dickey had his car up for sale for five, $5,000. And it, it came with everything. Honestly, a seat was there. You just had to have a, a helmet and a suit. And and I went racing. I, uh, I'm pretty sure I had, I, I borrowed my dad's trailer and uh, I just got out there. Had a, a horrible first season, just fighting the car, but um after that i I ended up getting it working like uh a bit i'm out there on an island by by myself there's not too many guys that run them but uh it's it's kind of nice to be different so uh, no one can just look look at your car and say you know what this is what you're running i want to try it in my car because uh they're they're just they're running leaf springs i'm on coil so
0: yeah uh, we're going to slip on down here to, uh, James Daniel on Facebook. He met, he asked, what's your favorite snack before a big race?
1: Uh, you, you know what? I, I don't eat, um, before, <laughs> before a race, I, you get a little nervous. You're like, well, if the car's a little lighter because you didn't have a huge, huge dinner, um, hopefully you go faster. Uh, the only track where I go to and I just get get too many orders of it is uh ransomville speedway they have pizza logs there
0: okay what is that
1: it's like um it's like a spring roll but exactly how it sounds it looks like a spring roll but it's actually it tastes like pizza and uh they they they're awesome they're like six bucks but you always tend to eat 12 or 18 dollars worth before you get out, out on that
0: track so well i know uh if i ever make a trip there i love pizza that is my favorite food hands down no way of ands or buts i'll eat pizza seven days a week 365 breakfast yeah. lunch dinner i don't care i you can bet your sweet ass whenever i make it to ransomville i'm having two or three of those things
1: oh they're they're uh, the, <laughs> yeah, they're, uh... They're a tree, And, uh, every time I go there, I, I tend to go with a guy named Ryan Beagle. He yep. runs the 84, uh, RK car. And when we first went down there, we were both there for the first time ever. And, uh, he came over to my car at the beginning of the beginning of the night. And he's like, man, have, have you tried these pizza logs yet? And I said, no. And over, over, I went to got a, I went and got a, a, an order. And, oh man, it's, uh, i I pretty much that's my dinner anytime i go there that's that's
0: my dinner so that that definitely sounds like a really good dinner um our last one here is from uh jonathan vay what are your goals for going into 2021
1: uh i I think just um try and try and get to victory lane a little bit more uh yeah that's that's basically hopefully um I, I do have a, a kid on the way, uh, which is, is due around May 2, 4. So I, I told her that's when Oshuriken tends to open up. So I said, if the kid could come a little earlier and there's no birthdays on the opening weekend of Oshuriken Speedway, uh, I'd appreciate that. But um, no, it's, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping to have, have a little bit more success, go for a championship run it always seems to be something every year that whether it's COVID or you blow a motor on the the last night or there's just always something that hinders me from, uh, getting a full season of, of really good points. Yeah. Consistency, I guess would be something I'm going to try and work on.
0: That's a, that's, that's actually always a good idea is to always plan for consistency, right? Yeah. Um, so with, uh, I can't remember much many tracks have uh, actually laid out a schedule yet for you, but what are your plans for 2021?
1: Um, I'm, I'm gonna start here at at Maryville. Um, they set a date in the middle of April to start testing tune,
0: so okay. and then
1: following with the weekly racing after that. So, uh, definitely gonna start at Maryville Speedway. Um, like, like I said, a little one's on the way, so um, probably gonna miss a week or two there, but. Uh, yeah probably uh yeah start with maryville hit up humberstone and i i really do hope uh maryville's or um ashwigan speedway comes out and uh does weekly racing there as well
0: i, I really hope we can go all end up going back to ashwigan there and celebrating uh 25 years of uh great racing there as well
1: yes and they got so many great events planned for for that track with the uh with the NASCAR Canadian tires or sorry, Penti series yeah. uh, going there. I really curious to see how those, how the asphalt cars. I know. Right. Like, hurt and that
0: yeah. that's my, uh that's, that's a bucket list item for me this year is that if that goes on and that has fans, as soon as I find out how and when tickets are going on sale, I will be, I don't care if it's 10 AM and I have to take, you know, tell my boss or whatever, I'm taking a few minutes off. I am flat out making sure I'm getting tickets to the, that race. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I was in the same boat. I even in in 2020, I, I actually booked a vacation to, to make sure I can make that event. Um, how about Bristol Speedway? I got a question for you. How about Bristol Speedway? Who do you think is going to take the cup?
0: Oh, I, the you cup got race at Bristol, guys. Like the way I see it, the race is really down to three people. Like I, I I I really see Kyle Larson, Christopher yep. Bell, yep. and lately how Tyler Reddick's been running, I can see him doing as well. Um, I see Chase not doing so well because he's been doing a lot of um uh lightweight big tire stuff, such yeah. as like a, a sprint car, but like he's been yeah. doing the midget stuff, right? Yeah. And I feel like you need a you can't be doing that if you're going to, no matter what, to try to get ready for a dirt race.
1: I, I think, like, Kyle Larson jumping into the late models and having such great success in a full size. I know they they are lightweight and they got a lot of tire underneath them. But, um, yeah, I, I really do feel like Kyle Larson will be be up, up front, at least, for yeah. that. So. Um,
0: on a Door Bumper Clear last week, they were talking about on uh, a, a NASCAR podcast down in the states. Um, they were talking about how they were trying to get a ride for Bubba Wallace. Um, uh, their team was talking about uh, twenty three eleven was looking at getting a uh, a late model lined up for him for the for at Bristol there. Okay, yep. Yeah. And they even flat out uh, he said no if you're gonna get me to go to Bristol to to practice or get some laps on it you might as well just put me in a damn street stock. Yeah. Like the fact that he actually said he'd go out and rather raise the street stock.
1: Yeah. And, and that, that will be like the problem about like, I'm, I'm really curious to see exactly what uh, platform like NASCAR brings. Like yeah, like the biggest thing about like a late model or even like a sprint car, like the, the movement that they have in their chassis, like a late model, just that left rear comes underneath the car and, and pushes into the into the surface and gives them so yeah. much more drive whereas these um the the next generation car or whatever they're they're taking uh yeah. has as is it's just so different it's heavy
0: yeah um, it, guess, it it's almost they're taking a street stock a heavier yeah essentially. Stock, yeah, like a thousand pounds more or, so, whatever, or something like yeah. that or you know whatever the difference is and taking it and running it on there like you might as well just run a a street stock instead of a late model or anything like that, because you're not going to get the same. You're you're going to get the knowledge of running dirt, yeah. But you're not going to understand what your car will do on dirt because they're completely two different cars.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That that's the way I, that I see it.
1: What what I would like to i what what would be really interesting to see a guy jump into it would, would be like a guy like Stuart Friesen
0: if yeah he,
1: some some miracle get a, gets a like cup ride to have one start well i, I mean he'll
0: be, he'll be in the truck race the night before i think right
1: yeah yeah he'll be in the truck race
0: so i look to him to be a dominant factor in that one yeah um who he knows? looks like,
1: great when they go to eldora
0: yeah uh now what do you think kind of twisting it back on you here what do you think about them laying dirt on bristol instead of going into a traditional dirt track
1: um well, I, I do go to Super Dirt Week quite often, especially when they made the the switch over to. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the track's name, uh, just north of Syracuse. There, yeah, um,
0: I, I know which one you're you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, blanking too.
1: Um, but anyway, no, I, I, they they always have every year. They seem to have uh, always a slight issue of getting the clay to adhere to the track like sometimes you get uh, sections where um it, the track starts to come up it gets quite rough uh those bigger tracks your your ride heights tend to be just a little lower and you start to bottom out the frame on the racing surface now yeah. i'm i'm really curious to see like uh what they do or or what what you know what, what they do to get that clay to stick on such a high banked racetrack
0: yeah like, for sure
1: yeah that'd be my my biggest concern because nothing bristol speedway is not a, a small racetrack for a dirt event like uh, no your speeds are up uh, a late model sprint car they can take a bit of a, a bump and and keep on going but it'll be interesting to see how these uh full-size cars cars take it so
0: now do you think nascar should have gone to a a track such as Eldora or uh, Knoxville or any of these, one of these great tracks down in the States?
1: Um, Personally, I think they should have. I think they should have given Tony Stewart a chance to, to host the event at his track. I, I do understand where they're coming from, from like a fan's point or fans perspective that they can only maybe run at a, a 10 or a 20% capacity. And, bristol can hold quite a few people yeah um i think it's going to be a huge hit for the series i think everyone's going to be watching it um i I think like knoxville would have been a great spot to go to just because you got pits that are big enough for all the haulers yeah um yeah or or eldora but uh and and i know the grandstand is a little tough i think they have like twenty or thirty thousand at Eldora, yeah. Whereas they have like eighty or ninety at at Bristol, right? Yeah, they
0: have a uh, well over a hundred thousand at Bristol. Over
1: hundred, yeah. So,
0: and they're know, even it, at Bristol, it, they're, they're only allowing thirty thousand.
1: Thirty thousand, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I wish I was getting tickets to that, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I I think like I, as much as I would love to, I think that would st- like it would be a sight to see, and I think that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it a sight to see yeah but I still think that if NASCAR was to do something like this, there's a reason why the truck race the past two years, three years has looked the way it has over the past six. Mm-hmm. they they I don't know if you listen to DBC or Dora Clear or not. um but they I, talked I about this all the time. Yeah, okay, like they talk about how like the first couple years it was locked down the top as soon as you got to the top you were you're golden. Yeah, no one's passing you. But Tony and the team were able to work the track to where you weren't just running the top, you're running the bottom, you're running the middle, you could find where to run it, right? Yeah. And now they're taking they're taking the knowledge that Tony has and not even applying it to Bristol. Yeah. So I feel that's a big like this is going to I feel it's going to look like crap. And the fact that they're running 250 laps.
1: oh, It's going to be tough on that racing surface.
0: It's, it's going to, I feel the concrete's going to show up again.
1: Yeah. I I think, yeah, they'll wear down to the concrete. It wouldn't be surprising if if that does happen.
0: If it, Um, and then guess what, guess where they're running. They're going to either run up higher or they're going to somehow get slicks and start running slicks like.
1: Well, that, that, or I, like just even from the visibility point of the driver, like when, when the track starts to come apart, um, like I, I went to Syracuse every year, Yeah, it's one, one mile racetrack it's fast. And, uh, where the tunnels were, uh, the track would actually start to break away over like with the concrete tunnels underneath because you had to go through a tunnel to get to the yeah. end. Field. Um, those guys were, were hitting onto the concrete and it was just uh, I get the visibility when the track starts to break apart is so tough. Like uh, when you're the leader, it's great, you're gone. But uh, yeah. the guy sitting back in tenth, when they're going into yeah. corner one and they can't see any further than the guy in front of you. Yeah. Uh, some some great advice I always find with the dirt: when you can't see in front of you, you don't lift <laughs> because if you lift, the guy behind you gets into you. Yeah. And I'd rather drive into something of someone being slower than being the guy driving into and getting spun so oh
0: for sure but that that does that does make a lot of sense though just keep your foot in the gas and just let it roll and
1: yeah just just roll in nice and easy and uh don't try and get into someone
0: but (laughs) um oh we covered a lot here is there anyone you want to uh uh thank for uh getting to you where you are actually you know what home before we do that what are your plans in your racing career to go forward? Do you plan on staying in the Thunderstock division? Plan on moving um, up, or what do you plan on do? What do you think you want to do? I,
1: I'd love to move up. Um the problem is is you gotta realize your your limitations with uh how much you want to spend on this sport.
0: hundred percent. Um,
1: yeah, like Thunderstock, it's a great group of group, it's a great group of guys. Uh I really enjoy it. It's not at the top of my budget, but um I, I do have some some friends that run in the higher divisions and i do see the costs associated with running even just one division up if you got into a a crate sprint or if you went the other way and you went sportsman um you can spend a lot of money because thunderstock's nice in the sense that uh there's limits on prices for components like shocks yeah i know you said when you, like with with being on asphalt like like a sportsman can just get with the new shock technology and spring technology like there, you're buying a spring smasher a shock dyno these are guys like everyone has one in at at, at their home shop and yeah the there's a cost to get to the racetrack and then there's a cost to back in your home home shop so um i'll probably run thunderstock at least for the next while i'd like to jump up up a class if uh someone out there is willing to to let me take the ride out but uh yeah um Th- Thunderstock will be where i'll be for the at least the next couple of years
0: sounds good is there anyone you want to uh thank for helping you get to where you are any sponsors
1: yeah so i uh, yeah i'd like to to thank my sponsors uh, draper doors um parson and associates private wealth management stony creek transmission uh Beothuk, and uh hre um axle repair that that's my uh my old man's uh own little company to rebuilds uh rear ends for for uh dirt modifieds and stuff like that so
0: okay nice well chris we want to uh we want to thank you for jumping on it's been a pleasure talking talking to you for the last little bit
1: yeah no Um, i definitely appreciate it
0: uh we hope to see you in 2021 hopefully either in person or uh i'll be watching through uh g-force tv so
1: yeah hopefully we see you at the track and uh it's when, not when hard you, to spot do, me so yeah when, when you do come to hush weekend or, or if you want to come down to merrittville i mean heck if you even want to jump in the truck and come down with us you're more than welcome so
0: sounds good i just may take you up on that offer we'll see
1: yeah you're uh, just around the corner so uh there's exactly all these-
0: Uh, well, Chris, it was fun chatting with you. We'll, uh, we'll catch you later. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. All right, you guys, that was driver. The number 79, Chris Hale. Uh, we want to thank Chris for jumping on this week and it was a lot of fun getting to know him. And, um, hopefully you guys learned a little bit more, um, about him or about the sport, uh, about the dirt racing side. Um, guys, once again, uh, I know I'm beating this like a dead horse. Uh, Next week, we're doing a special podcast um, where you guys are the host. The fans are the host. Uh, Submit your questions to anchor.fm backslash true north racing. The link will be on my Facebook. Um, uh, If you guys want to submit a question and don't feel like uh, recording your voice, send it to me. I'll even put it in there. No issues. Um, Yeah, guys. So, uh. Uh, hope, uh, like I said, uh, want to have this special episode out where you guys get to know a little bit more about me. So I'm not talking about myself for an hour without, uh, hearing someone else's voice. Cause I'd feel like that would just not be fun. Um, so I want to give you guys the, cho- the chance, sorry, to have, uh, to have your say, to have your questions answered. Um, so guys, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of the podcast, um, please submit your questions. Uh, true north racing back backslot- or sorry, that's not it. Anchor.fm backslash true north racing or on Facebook at Jomo Media's and Promotions. You guys can find it. Send me, if you guys can't record it through that, please send me an audio link um, through Facebook or uh, uh, Instagram, whatever. And I can download it and then send it to myself and upload it that way. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy another week. Um, this one was a great episode. I enjoyed talking to Chris a lot. Um, I wish him nothing but the best success in 2021. So, guys, uh, that does it for me this week. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you guys all next week.